Thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Well, good morning. How's everybody today? I'm feeling good. I hope you are feeling good too as well. It's been a while since I've been on a podium for a while, but this is just wonderful. You know, it is both a blessing and an honor to be giving the message today at KZMC for April's installation. Sharon and I greatly appreciate your prayers, your support, the mentoring of of Dennis and Deb, and the Christian love that you've extended to both April and Sean uh, here at KMZ. You know, April's Christian journey as an associate pastor it's going to take us down some roads, some roads that are very smooth, well-constructed, and well-marked. But there's going to be some challenging roads, too, which are a little bumpy, occasional some potholes, maybe, and requiring some agape love reconstruction. We do pray that God's abiding love, the Holy Spirit's guidance, the infallible Holy Word of God, and your love and prayers will be the strong, secure, spiritual and loving signposts on the roads taken for for both April and Sean here at Zurich and beyond. And uh, may you as a church here at Zurich faithfully move forward with Christ's leading, not only today, but in the future. Let us pray. May my words be your words, Lord. May my thoughts be your thoughts, Lord. And may all the glory All the praise and all the honor be to you and you alone. Amen. You know, the roadway to Zurich over the past many years for Sharon and I has been one of very familiarity. We've had some very enjoyable and memorable experiences. But for most of you, the roads you take are also based on that desire or willingness to actually get there, regardless of some occasional challenges like traffic jams, rainy or snowy weather, And maybe once in a while, your children asking, are we there yet? You didn't ever have that question. Okay, I had. Many people travel in life trying to stay on those smooth, straight, fast roads like the 401 daily. But then suddenly and out of the blue, you and I are on those detour and no exit roads. What about the salvation roads that you take? What the spiritual roads that you take in life? You can follow the straight, secure, salvation road of Christ, or you can travel the bumpy roads of insecurity, frustrations, no true happiness, and no truth without Christ. It is also true that you never know who you might meet on your journey. How about a road trip taken 2,000 years ago? Acts 9.27. But Barnabas described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and he had talked to him. I feel that would have been a most interesting conversation and a road trip. One-on-one with Jesus. Can't get any better than that. However, there is the also most important life-changing roadway that today's society doesn't want to discuss, 
consider, or even be concerned about. They even try to avoid it and black it out. That is the roadway to eternity. This is roadway in which everyone, all of us here and those watching online will take sooner or later. No one, not even the political leaders or medical health officials can cancel, reset, lock down, legalize, politicize, or use the just wait and see approach to death's door opens for us and for them. What is the mindset of most people today? I'm not making this up, it is very, very true. The world's view is not Christ-friendly. It kind of goes like this. If it feels good, do it. I didn't sin, it was just an unavoidable mistake. I'll do it in my time and my way. Everyone goes to heaven anyways. Isn't your God a God of love? Unfortunately, with this mindset, there is no accountability, there's no personal relationship, no need for repentance and forgiveness, and no need for the church, Christianity, or Christ. My message today is entitled, Roadway to Eternity, My Way or His Way. My key scripture is John 14, 6. This comes just after Thomas had asked Jesus, how do we know the way to where you are going? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We can only get to the Father through his Son. So but to begin with, I'd like to look briefly at the my way approach to eternity. One summer in my university days, I took a religion culture course. Wow, I didn't know there were so many religions, there's so much religious diversity, and so many ways to eternal happiness. Many people today search and live by their own self-convictions and beliefs, often based upon views on the internet, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or some by cults or other religions. Atheists adamantly believe, like New Age followers, that me, my way, is the key to becoming their own God. On the inside front page of the Gideon Bible in some hotels, a group of atheists are putting this inscription. Warning, literal belief in this book may endanger your health and your life. The true fact is that today there is tolerance for all other religions except Christianity. There is zero tolerance for Christianity. And the question is why? Well, the world system is under the wicked one, Satan, and is operated by him. However, God is still in control of Satan and his actions. 1 John 5, 19. The world system, as we know, is opposed to both Christianity and Christ. 1 John 3, 1. And the world system denies our faith in God. 1 John 2, 16. People do fall away into other religions or their own way because they are deceived. 1 Timothy 4, 1, 2. They are disillusioned, Luke 8, or they are distracted by the world in its way. I believe the core issue of people falling away into my way is not just falling away from the church, nor falling away just from faith, but it's a falling away from Jesus Christ himself. Many theories about life after death vary. Hinduism teaches that we are trapped in an endless cycle of life, death, and rebirth. Mormonism teaches differing levels of heaven. 
and all those living in hell have a chance to repent and inherit one of those levels of heaven. Islam teaches that humanity's problems are our failure to keep the laws of Allah, as in the Quran. Do all religions have the same message? Definitely not. Islam has Allah, not Jesus, nor as a savior. Hinduism states there are millions of gods. Buddhism denies outright the existence of a personal god. They see whatever god as a sum total of all creation. In all other religions, people have to do works to reach up to their God, but our Christian God reaches down to us as an eternal presence of God with us, Emmanuel. Although some religions may resemble Christianity, there are two major differences. No other religion had a God or Savior come back from the dead and no other religion can have or even wants a personal relationship with God. Christianity is the only religion which answers questions by God's grace. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. So the roadway to eternity, by trying it your way, can and will lead to a life of what ifs and what was I thinking as you approach the gateway to death. You can accept or you can reject by free will the my way to eternity. But as for me and my house, the way to eternity is only by following Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. So now let's look from a Christian and biblical perspective which believes that we will all leave this world going either to heaven or hell. While life has no definite two-minute warning, time on earth does run out for all of us. There are only two ways to face the future, with fear or with faith. Galatians 2.20 shows us how God will find and he will overcome all our fears. You know which one? Especially the fear of death. It has been said, don't let the world in fear get a foothold on you because it will become a stronghold on you. An elderly TV star on the late Larry King show was once asked, what do you believe? He replied, I'd like a lot of, ha a lot of activity. Heaven sounds far too placid for me. There'd be a lot to do in hell. Oh, really? Another person wrote into a talk show, uh, if hell is real, I don't think it'd be too bad. There'd be a whole lot of interesting people there. He was certainly right on the last fact, but there will be even more interesting, loving people in heaven. What about family members? Moses, Paul, Mary, evangelists like D.W. Moody and Billy Graham. How can we convince people who are deceived that hell and its horrors are real and can be avoided? It won't be easy, but it is attainable with Christ's leading. Clearly rejecting Jesus and facing eternity in Satan's horrific hothouse is a bad choice today or ever. John 12, 48. He who rejects me, Jesus, and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what I will judge in the last day. You know, Jesus' life on earth for the 30 plus years well, wasn't one to judge people, it was to show the way to salvation and eternal life. When he does come again, 
one of his purposes will be to judge people. Accept him, eternal life. Reject him, eternal death. Revelation 20, 11 to 15. Then death and grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone whose name was not recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Satan will get a chance to deceive even more after the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. And then comes the great white throne judgment. But we who are true believers will not be judged to see if we are saved, but what and how we did for his glory here on earth. The rapture itself is described in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, 18, Daniel and Colossians. That is a whole message on it in itself. I personally believe that the rapture will be sooner than most Christians maybe want or even expect. As a TV evangelist often says, we need to wake up, look up, because very soon we are going up. You definitely do not want to be left behind. Why? The tribulation. Again, another message as well. At the great white throne judgment for non-believers, there will be no acquittal, no hope, no sympathy, no love. For me, the closest I've ever come to ever trying to describe hell was on a mission trip day tour in 2008. We stood at the top of a volcano called Masaya in Nicaragua, where young women and children were thrown into by the Incas as a sacrifice to their gods. The volcano had a horrific sulfur smell, it had ghastly rumblings, and large billows of blackish smoke. It was both most frightening and uninviting. It was a place you did not want to see more than once, but definitely wanted to get away, get away from as soon as possible. You know, the Buddhist religion says there are six hells. For me, one is more than enough, let alone having a choice to pick one. What did Jesus say or teach about eternity? First, he taught that there are two eternal destinations, Matthew 25, 46. They will go away into eternal and punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Secondly, Jesus taught that hell is a reality. And thirdly, Jesus taught, unfortunately, that the majority of people will occupy hell. That there's some sobering thoughts for sure there. Heaven, it's the direct opposite of hell in multiple ways. I'm just going to give you two examples stating the biblical truths of heaven. Heaven is where Jesus will be our personal friend, along with that wonderful fellowship with others. It is a place of our new physical bodies. And I like this part. We never get tired or old or hungry or sick. That's true. Heaven is really indescribable, where happiness and love endures forever. Here again, though, is a solemn truth and reminder from Jesus. Matthew 7, 13, 14. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who will find it. Now, there are four, for sure four signposts we can name and acknowledge if you are truly on your roadway to heaven. Signpost one, we all have a sin problem and are guilty before God. Signpost two, God is sinless. He has zero tolerance for sin. Signpost three, Jesus is the only solution to our sin problem. Romans 5, 1. And signpost 4, you must choose to accept Christ's offer of forgiveness. 
There has to be a time in your life when God transfers the righteousness of his son into your life so that when God looks at you, he no longer sees your sins. He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. John 1, 12. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now, for me personally, I have believed in Christ since an early age. However, it wasn't until 1980 at a men's Christian retreat Sorry. That it began to be believed less headwise and believe more heartwise. When the challenge during one talk focused on three major life questions, only then did I realize my walk and talk with Christ had to be more personal, more prayer centered, more open, more daily, and more Bible based. My Christian walk as Jesus is my Savior has been a blessed journey ever since. It hasn't been rosy or smooth sailing. I've had trials like this one. Sorry about that. I hope I didn't wreck your machine here. If not, I was a teacher so I can speak loud enough. Okay. Where was I? Oh, yeah. It hasn't been rosy. Either my ear's not big enough or it's, okay. I've got to write it on this time. Good, okay, I'll try. It hasn't been rosy or smooth sailing, but with some trials, hardships, and disappointments. I've had both mountaintop and valley experiences at church and beyond. By the way, the three questions were, how do I spend my time? How do I spend my money? How do I use my talents and gifts for him? Before I close, I wish to close, or I'd like to focus briefly on the one and only major roadblock to heaven, and that is the unwillingness to render total acceptance and repentance of sins. This is simply changing from living to oneself to living for and with Christ daily. This unwillingness is pushed, led, and instigated by Satan. Satan has three strategies, as mentioned in Matthew 5, 26, and Colossians 3, 5, to pull me, you, or anyone into worldly experiences away from Christianity, church, and Christ. The first one is lust of the flesh, which is inward desire to do it all my way. Secondly, lust of the eyes, which is an outward want to impress others. And pride of life, which is living by arrogance, envy, and jealousy. Jesus himself wept, and he's still weeping over those who said or say today, I will not. Biblical truths such as Romans 6, 13, and 23 stress this. Salvation and eternal life is not a head issue, but entirely a heart issue and acceptance. Jesus is and can be in your heart, and he is in you and with you always. Jesus needs to be number one in your life. Number two or three on your top five people list in your life does not cut it. Are you truly willing to let Christ take the steering wheel of your vehicle and be the driver and only Lord of your life? Galatians 5.25 Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. 
not by works, goodness, gifts, church attendance, but Christ alone saves. Romans 10.9 says it so well. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How do I keep up the faith to overcome fear and follow the roadway to heaven? There are three key steps what I've tried to follow in my life, and you've probably heard them before, but maybe you need a gentle reminder. Key number one, read and grow daily in his word. This book is not used for a potholder or to keep other books together or to look promising on a desk. It's to pick up, open up, and read. Why? 1 Thessalonians 2 reveals that we need to accept it, anticipate, appreciate, and apply his words. Why? Because his truth is new every morning. The Bible gives you and I general and specific directions in life. It keeps your future in focus. Key number two, pray and talk to and with God daily. A pastor I heard recently once said, don't overthink prayer, just do it. Don't worry what others think of you. Don't overthink your words. Realize there is no wrong way to pray if your heart is in the right place. Your helper is the Holy Spirit. Christ still answers prayers today with a yes, a no, or wait. And thirdly, serve for Christ both here at church and beyond. Serving, you know, can be sm in small ways that are not always visible. For me, my greatest blessings occurred serving the Lord in these small, less visible times. For you, it could be phone calls, it could be visits, providing meals, praying one-on-one, -on -one, listening, all done with love. You all here have a gift. Use it. God needs you. Serve regardless with an attitude of gratitude. Many Christians today are settling for so little when they can give so much more to the Lord. This also applies to your immediate families. Love them. Be good to them. Pray for them. And don't shun them out regardless of any problem at hand. Because at death, it's too late. God never promises to save us from our problems and adversities, only that he will be with us in the midst of them all. As a prayer for you, please now close your eyes and put your name into this powerful scripture when I mention the word I or me. Romans 8:38, And I am convinced that nothing can separate me from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate me from God's love. In your times of troubles, trials, tribulations, hurts, concerns, health struggles, or whatever, go to the Lord. He will never ever leave or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8, Hebrews 13. Believe it. Trust and obey him. My way or his way to eternity. Choose Jesus. 
because Jesus is the only true way, the only true life, and the only truth now and always. For let it be said, Christ in me, hope for glory. Even so, come Lord Jesus, come. Let us pray. Dear Lord, please bless Pastor Craig, Pastor Deb, Pastor April, the elders, deacons, council, worship teams, and every member or attendee here at Zurich Church, and lead them and be with them so that their faith and light will shine for you here and in the community. I don't know where each adult, teenager, or child here is at regarding how they deal with life in times of joy, in times of trials and tribulations. You know them, Lord, because you have carved each of them in the palm of your hand, and you will never leave them or forsake them. You have given each of us free will to choose or not to choose you, dear Lord. You are the only true roadway to heaven. The other ways lead to eternal unhappiness and regret. May you continue to lead us all daily as the great shepherd of your children. And when the gates of heaven open for each of us some blessed day, may we hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my eternal home. Amen.